When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I can't believe that actually happened on our show. I can't believe I'm breaking down how dangerous hippos are in the wild. <laughs> Great tie-in with Philadelphia. I mean, brilliant by you guys with the win last night. Oh, my gosh. Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app, all of our great stations across the country. Two Monday Night Football games last night with Philly beating Tampa 25-11 and Cincy beating the Rams 19-16. Big storyline from that Cincy game is that Joe Burrow did play through that calf injury. By the way, you know, social media was kind of blowing up on something last night, and it's been a theme this year, and I believe it's going to become more of a theme during the Philadelphia game. And Philadelphia was the first team to kind of master this, I think. The tush push. So <laughs> that's not a joke. That's what it, or the push tush. Is it tush push? It's tush push. Tush push. I want to make sure I get that right, factually <laughs> correct here. Um, so anyway, what we saw and what we've seen all year and from Philly, it's brilliant by them, and I give them all the credit in the world, is that they've taken advantage. I don't know if it's a loophole. Or they have taken advantage of just finding something that other teams didn't realize you could do, which is lining the quarterback up behind center, basically in QB sneak formation, and having those behind him, the running back, fullback, H-back, whatever it may be, just push him one yard, two yards into the end zone. I don't remember this being a big thing when you played, and now people are thinking this should be outlawed, that it should not be a thing. But I don't understand the outrage, though. Just because Philly perfected it doesn't mean that this is the ones, this is the team that invented it. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the New England Patriots and Tom Brady used it at certain points, too. Like, I just, it's one of those that it, 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 it becomes more of a thing the more effective that Philly gets at being able to utilize it to convert key short yardage situations. And I think the reason why it's highlighted is because so much attention, so much focus has been on the Eagles over the last couple of years. But I don't think this is one of those things that needs to be addressed um, by the competition committee. As a matter of fact, they took it up, they discussed it, and they didn't bring it to the NFL owners for a vote. So I don't think they saw anything wrong with it. Um, I still don't see an issue with it. If defenses want to avoid being put in a situation where they're faced with the tush push, then don't allow teams to get in the short yardage on third and fourth down. Like that, to me, that's the thing. This is not a play that's effective on first and ten or on second and eight. Mm-hmm. This is a play that's only effective if it's third and two or less, or if it's fourth and two or less. You know what I'm saying? So it's just I, I don't look at it as something that needs to be addressed. It's not an exigent circumstance. It's not a crisis around the National Football League. It's just the Philadelphia Eagles acknowledging that this is something that's permissible by the rules and having the personnel to be able to take advantage of it. I just think that there's a lot of thought here that if something is literally unstoppable, the league has stopped it, right? It happened in the game that you were you played in that you hate, and I'm sorry to bring this up. <laughs> I could see the smirk already. The 20, the, the, you know, I don't know if you remember when you were at the Ravens. Come on, man. You know I remember. You stop, <laughs> you got, you're a bad guy. You had two 14-point <laughs> leads in the playoffs against New England that you blew both of those leads, and New England... <laughs> 
You know, That's he, glee in his voice. He just, there's so much, there's he, so much joy in his voice when he brings this up. That he he <laughs> just brought up the being. topic to somehow get to the yeah. avenue to bring yeah. this up. No, but in all seriousness, there was some, that, that was the game in which New England basically had a tackle-eligible and tight-end ineligible play, for lack of a better way of saying it. Yeah. And the league saw that. John Harbaugh, your head coach at the time, kind of went crazy. Like, what is this? And it became a loophole. But, like, there are people saying that this should not be allowed. And you say, well, they're not going to use it on first, second, or third down. Well, they can use it on first, second, or third down. They just haven't. Because if you're looking at that and you're saying, hey, the tush push can get us two, three, four yards, why not do it? Right, because it, you're using it for short yardage. But if you, as a defender, can't stop that, like, can you stop it? Is it stoppable? No, no, it's not stoppable. Now, here's Thus, the, is it unfair? No. Well, here's the thing that people seem to forget: if you use it, you are putting your quarterback or whoever's doing it at risk. Remember when Pat Mahomes got injured because he was doing a quarterback sneak? Like that—that's that, a risky thing. That's a risky proposition for the most important player on your team. And so now I, I think it gets into the territory of a, a situation where people are debating whether or not it's an unfair competitive advantage. And if your offense can use it, then it's not an unfair competitive advantage. I agree. It's open for everybody. And last time I checked, the NFL wants to promote offense. Every rule is geared toward the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. So why would they put in a law or a rule that would limit something that the offense can do in order to sustain drives and in order to score points. I just I don't see the league going down that road to do that. I just don't see it happening. I would the only reason I agree with everything you're saying except for the last part. I do think this is going to become a thing. I could see them bringing this to the competition committee and I think that they look at rules that that or look at plays that are basically unstoppable and try to make it even. Forget about fairness of it. Does yeah. it affect the entertainment product? Does it make it a worse entertainment product? Because okay. that's all the league is concerned with. I'm going to answer your question with a question, which is not fair, but here okay. we go. The, did the extra point when it was a gimme make the, the entertainment product worse? Because it was such a gimme and it was such an automatic that they actually changed it. Yeah, that's fair. That's, you know a, good, what I'm that, that, that's a good retort. But I guess I'm looking at it from a standpoint of being in the field of play and actually having an opportunity to set up scoring drives and touchdowns, not field goals. I think that that's the part that the NFL wants to continue to promote. They want to continue to push, and that's why I don't see it going anywhere. Again, it was something that the competition committee looked at this past offseason, and they didn't think it was worth putting it up to the ownership group for a vote at the owners' meeting. So I, I just I don't see that this is something that's going to change in the foreseeable future. My hunch, and maybe I'm wrong, is that you're going to be surprised by this. If we open up the phone lines now at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 for Unsportsmanlike Nation to call in on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I, right now, if do you want the tush-push outlawed, which is a weird way of saying it just in general, but do you want that outlawed? Like, if you right now, you're in charge of the NFL, all the rules and regulations, the tush-push, the quarterback sneak, that's what it's called, Smalls. Do you want it in or out of the game? I think more people actually will call it 888-SAY-ESPN and say, no, I don't want this in the game anymore. We'll get your phone calls in coming up on that, but let's revisit something. So, before the season started, we all made a bunch of predictions for the upcoming, or the, now the current NFL season, and we are going to give Give each other a mulligan right now. We're allowed to take one of our preseason predictions back right now. Which one are you taking back? So you got to own that you are wrong and you're going to be wrong. Smalls, which one do you want to take back? There are several that I would like to take back. You can only take back one. This season has not developed the way I expected it to in a lot of different ways. But if there's one that's on the table that I can 
put back in my pocket and pretend like I never said, it's got to be the Chicago Bears, right? I thought Justin Fields was going to be that guy this season. I thought that he was going to take such a leap forward that we were going to put him in the Jalen Hurts category. I thought we were going to see it not only with his legs, but with his arms. With his arm, singular. And uh, it's just been an absolute disaster in Chicago. Maybe so. he's better throwing lefty. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Might, Maybe. might need to get out of class. I have no idea. It can't be worse. But guys, I was really wrong about this one, about Justin Fields, and just in general about the Chicago Bears. I tried to believe in them. I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, they got to burn it. That thing is burning down to the ground. They just uh. need to let it burn, right? Let it burn, Usher. Usher let baby. it burn. I mean, just I mean, that's that's the state of the franchise right now. The defensive coordinator resigned in the middle of the season. The quarterback is under siege, and he's throwing the coaching staff under the bus while he's being criticized. Yeah, like that. That is just it is it is it is as bad as I remember it for the Chicago Bears organization. They are an absolute dumpster fire. And, and, and short of cleaning the house and getting everybody out of there, coaching staff, general manager, and maybe even the quarterback, I don't know how things get fixed in Chicago. So that's a good one to have back. Now, the one that I want to have back is the Jaguars going to the AFC Championship oh. game. Ooh, that looks so bad right now. I, I mean, listen, the, the loss to Kansas City was one thing, but Trevor Lawrence is so bad in that loss, I guess that should have sounded the alarm. But if it wasn't blaring then, it's at full blast now with that loss to the to, to, to this weekend to the Texans. There's no reason why you should drop a home game, especially before the London game. There's no reason you should drop that to the Houston Texans. You want to be the ones that the Texans get healthy on, where D'Amico Ryans gets his first win in your own stadium? That is awful. Trevor Lawrence has not taken the leap that we thought he would in the second year with Doug Peterson as his head coach. The, the uh, Calvin Ridley has been, you know, as advertised, but there are a lot of other guys on that offense that seemingly have regressed and haven't had the impact on winning. And then on top of that, the defense hasn't performed up to expectations. So I just, this is one of those situations that I can't explain on its face. I don't know why they aren't better than they are, but I'm acknowledging through the first three weeks, this is going to be a team that potentially underachieves this year. So I wish I could have this one back. Not only am I going to stop short of saying they're not going to go to the AFC Championship game, I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win their division either. Well, we'll see more of them. 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. Of course, it's the Toy Story game coming up this weekend on Sunday. Looking forward to the animation. Obviously, ESPN, Disney, Pixar done a tremendous job with this. We're going to see it 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time from London on Sunday. Are they going to beat the Falcons? Do you think yes. they're going to beat the Falcons? Yes, I do. Wow. Okay. So I'm not ready to take back my Trevor Lawrence MVP pick okay. only because I have one worse. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not arguing with anything you're saying. Okay. I had Russell Wilson in the top three in the MVP. Uh, but anyway, what are you guys doing today? I had Russell Wilson in the top three in the MVP. Ugh. Now, hold on a second. That might be second. worse than mine. Right. Is it, though? I don't know. Just he has more good. touchdown passes than Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, just Joe Burrow. He has more yards than Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Dak, Lamar. I mean, I mean just throwing that out there, but yeah, it's a bad you, you, want, you want to throw that out? That, that's what no, you I'm want to use as, your, as your, Russell, your Russell Wilson defense? I'm saying, I'm saying that he's been terrible, but or they've been terrible, but he has not been as terrible as people want to make him out to be. The problem is he's been terrible compared to himself. Well, you're saying he's been terrible compared to themselves. They have the third worst scoring differential in the league behind the Giants and the Bears. Well, I'm taking it back, so <laughs> I am. What you, uh, like, I don't, like, Ru- Russell Wait. Wilson hasn't been bad. He's got more touchdown passes than Lamar, sure. But the other team is scoring 70. It's not exactly helping the cause when it comes to winning games. As you I ta- said, I'm you talk about quarterback wins being a 
thing. Well, who's I mean, that now, man? <laughs> Russell Wilson ain't putting his team in a position where he can have wins. I love, Just saying. I love that he says he wants it back, but then somehow makes an argument in his own defense. They've been outscored by 53. Not my first day on the job. <laughs> Actually, my third week on the oh job. But yeah, God. No, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. It's not great. It's not great, Bob. The, the, the sad thing, though, is I had choices. I had choices as to my worst one that I'll take back. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. We're going to hear from one sportsman-like nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line coming up in or out on the tush push. Plus, same old Cowboys. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, and the ESPN app, all of our stations across the country. We're going to get to the Cowboys in just a couple of minutes here, but we got to hit Unsportsmanlike Nation here on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, because we're asking the question as to whether or not you are in or out on the tush push, as the Eagles have mastered this. CeCe laughed at it initially, saying, why would I be out? And I now I hear his brain kind of working as to, wait, maybe there is an argument that this doesn't make much sense. Um, let's get a quick take on that, and then we'll get to the phone calls here, CeCe. Well, sure. I mean, you brought up the NFL changing the PAT range. I think people be having it at the two-yard line as opposed to now having to kick it from wherever it is, the 15-yard line for PATs, just to make it an extra degree of difficulty. But I'm actually thinking about when the NFL, once upon a time, changed the PAT rules, not to allow guys to jump over the line of scrimmage, but also not to allow defensive linemen on field goal blocks and point-after blocks to be pushed by linebackers, anybody off the line of scrimmage. Remember, that was a player safety issue as to why the NFL changed that rule. And so there's a lot of similarities, a lot of parallels when it comes to the tush push. It's just on the offensive side of the ball as opposed to the defensive side of the ball. But I think there could be an argument to be made about player safety with the tush push and how it puts defensive linemen at risk when offensive linemen are firing off the ball low and then somebody is pushing the quarterback who's trying to sneak it. So I think there's something there from a player safety standpoint. But again, I go back to the competition committee looking at it this offseason and deciding they weren't going to put it up to a vote for the owners. 
that to me speaks volumes about where the NFL wants to go in terms of how they want to direct their rules in order to benefit offensive play. Let's talk to you guys out there. Adam in Illinois listening on 93.5. What's up, Adam? In or out on the tush push? Which is fun to say in itself. Uh, If you can really get three to four yards of push, then absolutely you got to outlaw it because then we'll just stop spending money on quarterbacks. Stick whoever you want back there. Push them on first, second, and third down and march your way down the field. Like beal him a ball here at uh, U of I. By the way, that's a, the that's a great – wait, hold on a second. That is a great idea. Like if you're the Tennessee Titans, and I know Tannehill's a decent runner, but line up Derrick Henry under center and put other guys behind him and start put Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive lineman, behind him and let him push. I'm serious. Like that's a that's a smart call that you just had. It would take you 20 plays to drive the length of the field. <laughs> to to the However, versus Tannehill. Now listen, if that <laughs> if that ended clock. up happening, if a team actually employed that strategy for a game, the NFL would change that rule tomorrow. Like that, like it would absolutely it's really because smart. it would ruin the game. Nobody's paying the exorbitant ticket prices. Nobody's tuning in to watch that all game long. So that would absolutely change it. But I don't think there's going to be a team out there that's going to try to do that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, here's now. the thing. The Tennessee Titans couldn't be worse doing that what they did against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Yeah. They had 94 total yards of offense. So maybe doing the push, tush push. Tush push? Tush I told push. you. Tush push. I wasn't tricky, sure. Tricky, yeah, tricky. Doing the tush push all game long probably would have got them more yards than what they got on Sunday. I, I think you're actually right about that. Derrick Henry under center, tush push every play, gets them more yards than what they got. Okay. I don't think there's any question. Seth in Missouri listening on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, the house that Smalls built. Uh, how's it going, guys? Uh, I just wanted to say I'm out on the tush push. Uh, of two reasons. The big one is it was illegal until 2005. So, like, when I was growing up playing football, you know, playing quarterback, you had to make sure nobody was pushing you from behind because it was a safety issue. Uh, and number two, uh, like you just said, I think it'll uh, somebody will end up trying to take advantage of it and it'll ruin the game from the uh, standpoint of trying to do it too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's an interesting point on that. that. This was, and thanks for the phone call, it was not legal when you were playing, I mean, remember the the Matt Leinart Reggie Bush play yeah. USC Notre Dame, and there was a whole big deal about that. Was he yeah. pushing the end zone, et cetera? Uh, Chris in Tennessee, listening on ninety two point nine. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up? I think it's inevitable. I'm not sure if I, I have a big problem, but I think it's obviously going to be addressed. If it's not next year, the year after, this is something that I, I don't think the NFL is going to let continue. But now we're trying to get rid of the predictability, right? And I think what's more important is the kickoff. I mean, my wife's watching this like she doesn't understand why they're kicking the ball and it just goes in the end zone, nothing happens. And I, I think things like that need to be addressed because you're just you're you know what's going to happen. You know, it's just the kickoff, this thing, and, and it's got to be addressed. Well, Chris, they addressed the kickoff rule because it was a player safety issue. Remember, the concussion lawsuit is something that the NFL kind of got into hot water a little bit in terms of suppressing the information and not allowing the players in the union to have it and trying to deny the impact of certain plays on players' short-term and long-term health. So I think they got rid of the kickoff because that's a play where you get rid of a lot of the high-impact hits that can lead to concussions. So – yeah, they, they tried to make the kickoff safer. It seems like a mundane play now because you're kicking the ball in the end zone. Teams are getting it at the 25-yard line. It used to be that you got the ball at the 20, yeah. but they wanted to incentivize guys not returning it, i.e. taking away some of those contacts off of the guys that play on those special teams. So from that standpoint, it's a player safety issue, and that's why they changed the rule. And that's why they could potentially look at the tush push and change it because – 
there is a player safety issue in the mix when you're considering whether or not that should be legal. The best part of this is I'm looking at Chris talking seriously about NFL rules, and the rule that he's talking about is called a tush push. <laughs> it's not holding, grounding, whatever it is. It's Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking here about the tush push, and that's what it is. It's very serious about the tush push. Adam in Ohio listening on 93.1. What's up, Adam? Hey, real quick. First of all, you guys make my day good. I'm a high school principal, so at least my day starts good when I listen to you guys. Awesome. If Thanks, I'm a Adam. defensive coordinator, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm going to tush push when they tush push just to do it because it would be fun to do. A double tush push. Penalty, they throw a penalty. <laughs> Dueling tush pushes. <laughs> Man, them defensive linemen and offensive linemen better have neck rolls on. Yeah. Like that that's gonna be a problem. Like if you got guys behind both of them pushing, that's gonna be ugly. Again, a, a player safety right, issue. That's you know the, what I mean? The, okay. Im, the impacts that both the offensive linemen and defensive linemen are gonna sustain as a result of that play happening. You're nailing this part of it. What's gonna happen here is the evolution of it. Troy Aikman even said last night, because there was a, a point on Monday Night Football on ESPN with Joe Buck that they tried to do a little bit of like a fake tush push and went out to the outside with Jalen Hurts at one point. And Aikman said, I wouldn't have done that here. I would have saved that. I would have kept that in my back pocket. I.e., you didn't need to use that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who you're crushing. Save that for, you know, NFC Championship game against the Niners. The evolution of it, the double tush push, the dueling tushes pushes, <laughs> is where we're going to go with this. Uh, Jeremy and Charleston listening on 98.9. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, you guys already talked about my point. It's, they've already devalued the running back position, so what's to stop them from having a running back take the snap? But I think that actually va- it puts a value on it, an increased value. Like, hey, we can actually do something different with you than we've done previously. Like, I'm literally playing out of my head. If the Tennessee Titans, as we said, decided on every single play just to do the tush push, with Derrick Henry lining up under center, would they have had more yards? I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing the Kansas City Chiefs do that, too. When they go quarterback sneak, it's not Pat Mahomes doing quarterback sneak. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Noah Gray. It's one of those tight ends that's doing it because they recognize that it's also a dangerous play for their quarterback. And when you're paying a guy half a billion dollars, you don't want him involved in that kind of that kind of scrum, that kind of phrase. So I, I do think there is risks on both sides. And the only thing that's going to get the NFL to change it is the player safety issue. I don't think it's going to affect the overall entertainment product because the Philadelphia Eagles did it all season long and they were one of the most entertaining teams to watch. So I don't think from that standpoint you're going to move the NFL to doing something, but I do think if more players and coaches cite the safety concerns involved with that play, similar to what we saw on extra points and field goals when defensive linemen were pushed by linebackers in order to try to break through and block kicks – then I think you might see the NFL move a little bit. And I think the reason that you're right about that is there's a double whammy. The extra point in field goals, as you mentioned, health and safety concerns, but also the extra point was such a gimme, they didn't like it, so they moved it back. This has become such a gimme. We'll continue to talk tushes next on Sportsmanlike, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN App, Sirius XM80, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country, along with Michelle Smolman and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We've been talking a ton about the Monday Night Football games last night. And the tush push. So we thought, you know what? We had to bring in somebody that his tush has been pushed a lot on a football field. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. Well, I mean, it's oh true. My gosh. It is true. Oh, Jeff, Sat- <laughs> Jeff Saturday. <laughs> Jeff Saturday, of course, former center and ESPN NFL <laughs> analyst joins us now. All right, Jeff, you in or out on the legality of the tush push in the NFL? Totally in. Come on, man. One of the greatest plays designed in the in the in the hundred plus years of history of the NFL. Everybody's complaining because they can't stop it. Wham, wham, wham. I mean, it's in the trenches. It's ugly. Canty hates it because it's a D line. He can't get low enough. Everybody hates it. I love it. Hey, Kelsey, Hall of Famer, put him in there. And listen, the design of this play, I, I'm I'm all for it. Jeff, watching Monday Night Football last night and just looking at Jalen Carter and how dominant he was, the stat line won't tell you just this guy's impact on the game overall. And I know it sounds like hyperbole, and it sounds like it's a little bit of an overreaction, but I need you to bring me back down to earth if I'm wrong. Is Jalen Carter on his way to being the best player on the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, he, he's quickly approaching, right? I mean, you're talking Ooh. about Pro Bowl style, you know, the first few weeks. But, but – Let's put it in totality. The defense as a whole last night, the offense and the defensive line completely dominated this game. And when you see guys being able to get off on the line of scrimmage the way they do, control the line of scrimmage, all the games, all the twists, you name it, uh, this is one that would keep you up at night. I can assure you, as you're you're game planning this for the six days preceding this game, you have a headache because all across the line you can get exposed. Jeff, Joe Burrow played last night. We were wondering about his availability right up until the start of the game as he's dealing with that calf. The Bengals beat the Rams 19-16. to But if Joe Burrow's not 100% this season, what do you think the ceiling is for the Bengals? Ooh, it depends. I mean, if he's playing, I mean, even like last night, I thought they did a really good job of kind of working around this calf. Listen, I played through a calf injury. It will get better as long as he doesn't re-pull it, right? I know there's a risk of doing that. Um, but, but you saw last night how violent, and it's not just him being on the field, Michelle. I think it's what he brings to his team, like that he, you know, he toughed it out. He showed up. Hey, listen, I'm going to play until I can't play. I think that gives guys that, that energy and that excitement. Hey, he's in with us. Let's go show out for him, and so look, I, I love the toughness. You can you can argue all the time about you know this guy's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL history. All this kind of you get paid to play, man. If you can play, you go play. Um, I, I like this toughness. I like what they showed as as an offense. I know it's not the prettiest thing to get the win. They knew they had to win. Starting zero and three in the NFL is such a tough thing to overcome. They knew they had to have it. He showed up, played out. Uh, so tip the hat to him. 
It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, joined by Jeff Saturday, ESPN NFL analyst. Jeff, right now you have more faith in Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're just digging deep, huh? Uh, let's see. I'll say I'll say uh, Justin Fields because of his legs, right? I, I think if, if you, you know, when you bring it all down, it, as ugly as it gets, if he gets back to being able to pull the ball, tuck the ball, uh, incorporate him into your run game, you can do a lot more things, I think, with Fields. Um, Zach Wilson, to me, looks, um, it, you know, it, it, it's a scary situation for the Jets right now. And and, and I think from the, from the Bears, no, nobody's happy with the progression of Justin Fields or their team in general, uh, but but he can do more things in in my mind. He he's more of an all around player um, than Zach Wilson. I mean, speaking of ugly, it Ooh. got really ugly for the Denver Broncos down in South Beach this week. They let Ooh. the Dolphins hang seventy on them. Now I know that that defense is absolutely atrocious, Jeff. Ooh. But Russell Wilson and that offense for the Broncos ain't doing a whole lot to help the cause. And my biggest question to you is this. Who's most at fault for what we're seeing through the first three weeks in Denver? Is it Sean Payton or is it Russell Wilson? I think it's a mix of both, Chris. I mean, you know, listen, I did not expect this thing to hit the ground running in general. I, I think it's hard for a guy, right? Like Russell Wilson goes from being in Seattle to to Hackett last year, now to Sean Payton. Complete, you know, what's the style? How are we going to put this together? I think it takes time. No different for me than even like the Eagles. There's a lot of offenses that are kind of sputtering where they have offensive coordinator changes, guys. Have moved on, so I didn't expect them to hit the ground at 100 miles an hour. I think I think the Miami game just went from from really bad to super ugly in a hurry. Um, I, I do. I am one of the I'm one of the few I think that thinks this thing could potentially work out. You're right. It, it, with, with with Peyton and Wilson, um, I just think they're going to have to take the lumps early and, and try to fight through this thing. I do not think Russell Wilson is finished uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I think Sean Payton's a, a great offensive mind, but we we got to get on the same page, and I, I think that's the when your when your defense isn't giving you that many attempts to be able to get back to it. Uh, it you and I both know it snowballs, and it, it was about as ugly as it gets uh, down in Miami this past weekend. Jeff, the Cowboys looked dominant through the first two weeks. Then they drop week three versus the Arizona Cardinals. Do you think that their performance versus Arizona was an outlier, or do you have any concerns about the Dallas Cowboys? I think it was an outlier. I mean, listen, I mean. They they started the the Cardinals started fast and so they jump on them you know it's twenty one to what nine or ten I can't remember what it was in the at the end of the first half um, and I think it was kind of shock to the to the Cowboys I think the Cowboys thought they were going to go in there and you know just beat the brakes off of this team and the Cardinals they fought them and they gave them everything they won they play a very physical game um, when you look at the numbers like the Cowboys numbers if you if you looked at the stat sheet you'd be like oh man the Cowboys but they were terrible in the red zone you had Dak turn it over late in the red zone which you can't do. Um, but but I, I think it's more of an outlier than this is going to be the consistency out of out of the Cowboys. I still think they're a very good football team. Uh, the, the, the Cardinals just had a great plan and executed it. Let's finish with this with the leader of the Tush Push, Jeff Saturday, joining us here <laughs> on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Uh, your former squad, the Colts. Yeah. Do we expect both Gardner Minshew and Jonathan Taylor to finish the season with the Colts? I do think so. Listen, Minshew, man, he has he has uh, you know played excellent football the last two weeks. gave him gave him chance to win. Defense has played really well. Um, Jonathan Taylor, hopefully coming off the pup. You know, you, you you've seen some videos he's put out uh, with he and Moss. You know, kind of a one-two back there. That that thing could be be um, really explosive. It's just a matter of can they get that thing um, you know back back in the building. And so I, I'm, I'm hopeful that they do. Obviously, it's a huge win for them beating the Ravens to go to two and 
one. That's an enormous overtime win. Uh, and I know t- it took a lot of field goals, but hey, you'll take them however you get them in the NFL. So I think they're moving in the right direction. Wins cure a lot of you know ales in the NFL. Canty and I both know that. So you keep winning. Everybody wants to wants to participate. So hopefully they do, and and, and JT gets back in the mix. Jeff, awesome job as always. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for the time. Watch Jeff on Get Up this morning, 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Thanks, Cass. All right, there he is, Jeff Saturday. And I want to go to Minshew for a second, guys. Like, I, I think he's better than you guys do, but I also think he could be an upgrade for some of these teams out there. Like, I think he's clearly better than Zach Wilson, clearly better than Justin Fields right now. I actually think he's better than Ryan Tannehill right now, and he may be better than Desmond Ritter. I just wonder if Indianapolis tries to capitalize, once Anthony Richardson gets healthy, on getting value for him. Why would you give him away, though, if you've got a quarterback that you know is going to take off and run the football and put himself in harm's way? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that. You need a quality backup. And Anthony Richardson is a rookie for all of the good things that he brings to the table. So, Smalls, I wouldn't risk getting rid of a quality backup like Gardner Minshew, especially while I'm trying to groom a young quarterback that's going to be the face of my franchise. Absolutely. I would keep him in the mix for everything that you just said, CeCe. But when you say you think he's better than Zach Wilson, part of that for me is the confidence. Gardner Minshew goes out there, and he feels confident in himself and his play. We're not really seeing that from Zach you Wilson. you got to have a lot of confidence to wear the mustache and the jorts like Gardner <laughs> Minshew does. Right. So you got to have a lot of confidence to do that. Oh, oh, Gardner Minshew gave us an Orlovsky, too, the other day. Yeah, he did. The but he does Ravens. wear jorts. I think that he does we wear need jorts. That's yeah. the thing. Do either one of you have jorts? No. no never in my life. <laughs> no jorts. In unison. No I've jorts. never owned a pair of jorts, jean shorts, for anybody who doesn't know what jorts are, yeah. in my life. Yeah. There was a player wow. on tennis, um, sorry, on Kentucky. I want to say his name was Josh Harrelson, played in the NBA, that his nickname, I think, was jorts, because all he would wear would be jean shorts. Okay. That's some nickname to have, jorts. And only you would know that. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to guess he's like that. Like that's a great question. You would know why that. do I know yeah, that? Why do you, do you know, know that? that? And, yeah. Am I right about that? That's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, coming up, Devontae Adams does not think the Raiders are right right now. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Because I'm going to be all right tonight. You don't have to call. 
It's okay, girl. It's okay. Not I'm going to be all right. I'm not going to lie. Jets fans, not so much. I'm going to be all right. Jets fans ain't going to be all right. It's rough, okay, though. Rough time for them. Yeah. I did listen to Confessions yesterday after all of the uh, Usher hype with the Super Bowl and the commercial with yeah. Kim Kardashian. I'm like, I yeah. got to listen to that. Do you have any confessions that you want to make to, uh, to us oh, in the audience? Oh, yeah. Do you that. want me to start? I'll do a lot of different things. Go okay. ahead. The floor right, is yours. Go ahead. Hold, these are his confessions. Just when you thought I said all I could say. Exactly. Got, no, that would be bad if that was actually no. like a <laughs> Every time I go to L.A., it was in the Beverly Center. It is unsportsmanlike. Wow. On Look at him. He's got it. Well, He's that's got what it is. Presented He's by Progressive it. Insurance, Sirius oh. XM80, ESPN2, ESPNU, and the ESPN app. Of course, uh, along with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Oh, yeah, here's a confession. That there may be someone that Smalls has at the gym that's worse than me at the gym. Right, I was all nervous. I was making sure that she was not looking at me when we went to the gym one day together because I was all intimidated by her athleticness. She runs half marathons all the time. Yeah. Um, by the is- way, we're the only two people in there, and we know one another. And he's like, "Don't look at me." Really? I'm like, what are "Why?" You- I'm not staring why, at you, but I have that? to what, what acknowledge you. What is it about somebody else I, looking at you while you're you working out? What's wrong with that? Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Work out. Don't look at me. Seriously, can you imagine? This? I'm on the treadmill, and Evan walks in, and he's like. Man, I thought I could wait you out. I was like, I'm only 20 minutes in. We're going to get at least an hour in the gym, right? And he's like, don't look at me. He's like, don't look at me. (laughs) It's like I'm starting an R&B song. Don't look at me. You know who you never have to worry about looking at you in the gym? You? Me. You won't be there? I won't won't be there. (laughs) You're at the gym long enough. Don't even worry about it. 20 years of the gym. It's over. I'm good. I'm all set. But there is somebody that topped me from your gym this weekend? Oh, yeah. I was telling Evan about this. Cece, as an athlete, I would love to get your take on this. So I'm at Barry's boot camp, and part of the workout class is that you're on the treadmill. And the gentleman next to me, I found out pretty quickly, is a grunter, is one of those people that gets on the treadmill, and they're like, oh, mm. By the way, he was not running that fast. I'm not here to speed shame anybody. You kind of just did. (laughs) But if it's a six or below, I don't need a grunt from you. Yeah. And it got me thinking. You know how they say you have to travel with somebody before you get married to make sure it's a vibe and you can travel together? Yes, that's you a real thing. You need to work out with someone before you marry them to know if they're the grunter or the weird person at the gym. Yeah, you shouldn't be grunting on the treadmill, though. That's something that feels like it's reserved for lifting heavy weights. Thank you. Yeah, if you're grunting on the treadmill, you need to reassess everything you're doing, not just in the gym, but in life in general. <laughs> like, I don't know if I could trust you. Like, that, that, that seems weird. Grunting on the treadmill and you're running six miles an hour? Yeah, I can understand if That's was... a slow job. I can yeah. do that. Yeah. I can go on the treadmill and run six miles an hour right now. That's right. I love how you say you're not speed shaming. Instead, you got Cece to speed shame on That's your right. behalf. Yeah, now. I mean, I'm 350 I pounds. I have no no problem. I, listen, I, I know I'm not a runner. I'm not built for, for distance. I'm not built for speed. I can acknowledge those shortcomings. I can get my ass on the treadmill right now and run six, six, six miles yeah. an hour, and I give you a mile. I can do that. So is there a, a speed that you will allow for the, ah, like in, in like while you're running? Is there a speed? If, if you're sprinting right. and you, you, the noise escapes you because you're giving it all you've got, that's okay. But to every 32 seconds, be letting out a grunt out of six. I just, that's too much How do we know that me. that wasn't like his 10th and 11th mile? 
Do we know that? Well, it was at the beginning of the class, Evan. Okay. We're like two minutes in. Oh, then that guy, yeah, you can't work out but with that guy. But you're at Barry's boot camp. There's not going to be a marathon that you're running on the treadmill, Yeah, though. explain what that is for people who are unaware, what that, that boot camp kind of thing is. Yeah, so it's four segments. You alternate between the treadmill and the floor, and you're lifting weights on the floor, doing planks, things of that nature. And on the treadmill, you do interval runs. So it starts with a jog, then a run, then a sprint. And we were in the jog phase, and, and my man is grunting. And by the way, it was very distracting. Yeah. And I'm clumsy. I don't need to be distracted when I'm on the treadmill. I'm just sitting here thinking about that, like going from the treadmill to the floor workout, all the different exercises. And I'm saying to myself, y'all ain't got enough money for me to do a session at Barry's Boot Camp. There was no way that I would sign up to do that anymore. Challenge accepted, CC. I'm going to get you there. No, you're not. You're (laughs) not going to get, like I said, there is not enough money in the world to make me go do a session at Barry's Boot Camp because I'm just not in that phase of life anymore. The flip side? Not going to do it. While you were playing, would you have done anything? Like any workout, somebody would challenge you to be like, all right, let's go, bring it. Like in your prime, would you have done any kind of workout? No. I mean, I probably would have been open to it, but there would be nothing to prove because I train with the best athletes in the world every day. Yeah. Like, I guess what, that's, you what, think that's better than be, going to the gym with me? What would be the point? Like, I was just <laughs> like, look at me. oh, I'm going to challenge <laughs> you to a workout. Are you sure, dog? <laughs> you sure you want to do that? Like, I'm going up against Strahan or going next to Strahan every day. Yeah. And I need to go against you two? No. Yeah, you can tweet exactly. at us, by the way, at Unsports ESPN, at Evco Radio, at uh, Chris Canty 99 and okay. at M. Small. Ah. Uh, we need you to tweet us the worst gym person. Is it the grunter? Is it the talker? The worst gym person you can tweet at us. Oh, oh yeah. I know the worst gym person. Okay. The one that walks up to you and asks you what your bench press max is. That is the worst gym person. Don't ask me what my bench press max is. It doesn't really matter when it comes to overall fitness. Why do you want to measure yourself <laughs> against me? Why do you feel like I you need to trust know? Me. No, but <laughs> I don't like understand ever. What's don't your me. bench press max, bro? Why do you care? That's right. It doesn't matter. Because it validates them, CC, if they can stand next to you and be in the same ballpark as yeah, you. It's hey, a validating bro, factor Bro, what's that. your bench press max, bro? I couldn't put my finger on something. I finally remembered it. When well, you kept doing the don't look at me, that's Christina Aguilera. I finally realized that. It's Damien from Mean Girls. Don't look at me. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's also from Christina, Christina Aguilera. He's yeah. doing Christina Aguilera. Got it. Okay, yeah. so worst gym person, you could tweet at us uh, at Unsports ESPN and the Dr. Pepper call-in or tweet in line. All right, I think that Devontae Adams of the Raiders may say his entire organization would be the worst gym person because he seems to hate the team he's on. They lose. <laughs> I mean, he does. Since he's been there, he has not seemingly, at least publicly, enjoyed his time with the Raiders. Let's take a listen to what he had to say about the state of his organization organization right now you know it's week three but i don't got time to wait around i mean it's not a personal thing i mean it is a personal thing but it ain't just about me but i mean it's not my mentality to sit here and try to take all season to figure it out you use these early games like this to establish identity and we're not doing things the right way to, to establish a winning culture early in the season so we gotta do something to, to turn that around doing something about it so that when we go out there the next time it looks different it's not supposed to just be a week of just talking about you got to go out there and do it. And that's the theme of this year is doing it, not just talking about it and figuring out what we need to do. We did all that last year. This year we got to be about it. All right, let's connect the dots here. Devontae Adams wants to leave the Green Bay Packers, not because he doesn't like Aaron Rodgers, but because Aaron Rodgers was not certain about his future and he didn't want to be there without Aaron Rodgers. He wanted to rejoin someone he knew he had chemistry with, his college quarterback at Fresno State, Derek Carr. He gets there to the Raiders. Derek Carr was not very good, gets benched. Derek Carr is now on the New Orleans Saints. He starts out with Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that has won over the course of his career. Uh, They win the first game. Things are looking okay. They've lost the last two. Devontae Adams individually had a monster performance. His team lost. 
Garoppolo is now a concussion protocol, and it's not looking good again for the Raiders. I have a feeling, CC, this is a name we're going to keep an eye on here as this season progresses. As Does he want to be there, and how much would somebody else give up to go get him? Oh, no, here's the hot take. Devontae Adams will be there longer than Josh McDaniels will. Mm. And, and here's the thing. He's publicly come out and questioned everything that the organization is doing. Now, McDaniels hopped on it yesterday and said, yeah, I understand where Devontae is coming from. We're on the same page in terms of how we want to move the program forward. But remember, going back to late last year when they decided to bench Derek Carr and play Jared Stidham, there were some criticisms from Devontae Adams about how the organization was handling that in the overall direction that the team was going in. So this is not the first time that we've heard him be public in his criticism of the Las Vegas Raiders. And if you're Mark Davis and you're the front office for the Raiders – I have an easier time replacing a head coach than I do the receiver that I traded premium picks for in order to get from Green Bay. So in just looking at how to reset this franchise, I think they would be best served if they would consider a coaching change rather than jettisoning arguably the best player on the team. Yeah, and a head coach who hasn't had success as a head coach. who's had a lot of success as a coordinator, obviously, in New England. But Josh McDaniels has had chance after chance after chance after chance right? and they they keep allowing him the runway to do this and until he proves that he can be that guy as a head coach I still have a lot of questions about him but if I'm Devonte Adams I know what a winning culture feels like yeah I know what a winning team looks like and this is not it well here's the other thing that Devonte is considering he's trying to wear a gold jacket at the end of his career five right. years after he's trying to get to the hall of fame right now he's 14th in touchdown receptions he's 54th in receiving yards He's got some work to do to enhance his resume to make sure that he gets that hall call. It ain't helping that he's had a suspect offense and suspect when it comes to overall team success in Vegas. They, they've got to make some strides in order for that team to get to where they want to go and for Devontae individually to get what he's looking for. I will say their schedule is relatively easy moving forward. At the Chargers, home against the Packers, home against the Patriots, at the Bears, at the Lions, home against the Giants, home against the Jets. I mean, that is an easy schedule. The problem is they may not be a good team. There were two games last night. We will discuss those next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.